Hey, Mark. Sorry, Mr. Cole. It's Garrett. And uh, sorry that I have just been sitting on this uh, recording for a long time, April. So um, I just cut the last half off because we really went off the rails. <laughs> and uh, we got to be better about that. But we were heading towards midnight. And, um, you know, we are us. And um, is that a proper sentence? We are us. We are who we are. I don't know. However, I think in the future we should try to aim for being less than an hour, but we'll see how that works. Also, it's going to feel just sort of out of place. We're going to we're going to be talking from a couple months ago and not even care about uh, current events. And I think that's actually going to be a good thing. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be like Nero reading while Rome burned, you know? <laughs> Anyways, all right, now back to the show. Podcast. Welcome to Podcast. 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 Two friends caught in this an is sorry epic game of phone tag to the death. To Welcome pay to Sorry and Social Justice. Please leave your message after the tone. All right. Three, two, <laughs> one. Welcome to the Sorry Mr. Call podcast with Mark and... Garrett. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good. I'm looking up Ron White on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so Ron White. You know, you know he ran a pottery, like he he ran like a pottery business out of Mexico for a long time. No, I didn't know that. I could be wrong, but I feel like I've heard that. What are you oh, are you getting your coffee? It is it is ten o'clock and it is ten oh three and Garrett Huxford is drinking coffee. Like it's iced coffee though. It's ten oh three? Oh my is, goodness. We've been talking for twenty three minutes. Without and just now hit record. <laughs> yeah. Well, I showed you my Afghan, so that's that was cool. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize this about my coffee habits until camp where we Big group game was always after lunch. It was the heat of the day, and it's in a baseball field. So it was no trees, no shade anywhere. And I would always <laughs> get a coffee mug. I would get a mug of coffee, and I would walk out to the field and like <laughs> officiate games holding a cup of coffee. Yeah. And at some point, one of the leaders goes, how are you able to drink coffee when it's 98 degrees outside? I was like, what? And then it hit me. <laughs> oh. No one else drinks coffee at the heat of the day outside in the middle of a baseball field. <laughs> yeah, we're all out there praising the Lord, and you're doing the drug of caffeine in front of our faces, bro. Man. I, You know, my coffee, I didn't drink coffee until camp either. Like, it was, it was camp that pushed me to drink coffee every single morning. You know, I And before also, that... Before that what? I just drank Mountain Dew like a <laughs> idiot. <laughs> You're like really sad that I actually like stopped to listen to you. Um, well, I so, just I didn't want to admit that. So, <laughs> so I also had to take care of my voice at camp because I had to do a lot of hollering and a lot of stuff, but I also had to preach. And so I also would make coffee, I'd make tea and put honey in and all sorts of things. And the kitchen crew, they got really into, like, they, they got really invested in my 
tea intake. So they're always like, okay, here we got this nice little tea section because they they were all really they're all like. I mean, the dean, the, the kitchen crew is like loves you. They're like, oh yeah, whatever you want, we'll we'll make it happen. They'll yeah, scream, they'll scream at everybody else, but for me, they're like whatever you want, to do, you can change lunch to three o'clock in the afternoon. It's fine. Uh, and so yeah, they're always like, hey, I got new tea. Maybe you can try it, and it might be better for your throat. I don't know. What do you think? You want to try it? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's let's do it. So they just got really into your caffeine habit, man. They were enabling you with this. Yeah, with this tea song. has caffeine. How weird is that? Doesn't it seem like that I mean, should not be something that it has? I would I would like to understand more of this whole like the caffeine substance. Is it like so coffee beans have caffeine, tea leaves have caffeine. What else has caffeine? I think chocolate does. Maybe. Chocolate has caffeine. Man, hey, welcome to Sorry Mr. Podcast where Mark discovers normal things that everyone else knows about. Sorry, I missed your Dude, podcast. I think that's sorry. Next, that should be a spinoff where we find so, shows that have less than 40 views or 40 listens. Oh my god. And we gosh, listen to we it just, and then we review it and we talk and we about review it. it. Oh my gosh. That's a good idea. Back, I do wanna I do wanna the first get first show we would listen to is ours, and we'd be like, okay. <laughs> listen to episode one. We just review our own. But we both agree, man, the the episode where you talk about the boxers, that is that is a good episode. Like that is a actual good quality content, I, I feel like. I think I liked that episode. I th- it was really interesting to read about. Because there's also mm-hmm. this something I learned that week. There's a news article that people are not sure if it's real or not. Because Jack Johnson, who was the first black heavyweight champion. Then, like, two champions later was, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Dempsey. You listen. Yeah, <laughs> you I know. Listen to the podcast. Who's, like, the original, like, tough guy boxer. He's, you know, he's he's really got a lot of, you know, fame or whatever. But they never boxed publicly before. But there's a, there's a story, there's a news article that says they had a boxing match in secret. And that Jack Dempsey came back late and won. And... And, uh, but then like, no one, know, like, there's no way to know if it's real or not. Like, it's just, you know. <laughs> well, they're thinking, you know, a lot of like, have you seen the memes about the, the UFC fights that they might try to do on a private Island somewhere? <laughs> no. Like they're literally, they're like in some ways kind of creating the, 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 the movie mortal Kombat or enter the dragon. Like they're, mm. they're like, they're like secretly trying to, yeah, they're like trying to get fighters to get on this island. All the fighters got to get cleared and they're going to fight on the island and they're going to record like probably, and I don't really, you know, so I listen to the Joe is Rogan it gonna be podcast. Like no ring? Like, is it going to be like, all right, as you happen upon people on the beach, <laughs> it's going to be like, the, like, well, like, but like then once you, you win a fight, you have to climb a mountain to get a little higher. No, no, it's better than that. You get you you fight on the beach, and then if you get knocked off screen, you fall in some like weird Tokyo street graffiti everywhere, broken cars. And <laughs> you just get pushed into a different scenery in your fight. It's like okay, for every dent you can get in this car, you get a thousand dollars. Start punching it. You're like, all right. <laughs> you have Conor McGregor there on Street Fighter. No, I don't remember. I just. The Street Fighter scene that I probably remember the most is 
the the green guy, the um, Blanca, the green, Bron- yeah, him. Wait, Bronca or Blanca? Blanca. B L B L A. So his name was White. Isn't that? Isn't that White? Isn't that? I'll look Spanish it up. for White. Yeah, but it's anyway. Whatever that weird island is for crazy animal guy. I just remember him like busting out of this like chemical chamber where he like transformed into the monster. That's like the most. Wait, are you talking about the movie Street Fighter? Yeah, I thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> I was talking about the video game. Oh, the video game? Oh, the most iconic thing from the video game is obviously the girl who kicks really fast. You know what I thought? Yeah, B-L-A-N-K-A. So it's not, uh, yeah, it's not Blanca like Spanish. It's a different, it's different spelling. So, Dude, so back to the... What I've always talked about with the video game. Okay, first of all, I loved the movie Street Fighter. I mean, it was also six when it came out. So, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? The the Blanca character in the movie, they basically did just Clockwork Orange to the guy. Like that's the that's the story of Clockwork Orange, and they and they shoehorned <laughs> it into a Street Fighter movie. <laughs> okay, you got to explain this because I'm I want to understand what you just said. <laughs> Is it because he has orange hair? Like, is that is that the symbolism? No, there's a book called Clockwork Orange, and I believe... And it... I've and not read the book yet, but I think... Wait, what? Oh, oh, explain... <laughs> wait, explain the science of what happened to Blanca in the movie? Is that what you want me to do? No, explain the correlation between Clockwork Orange and this Blanca character. Oh. Okay, so there's a movie called Clockwork... Or there's a book called Clockwork Orange and a movie, I'm sure. And I think it's a movie... I think the... the premise was there are these people who are forced to watch terrible images for a lot for like the long portion of their life and then it made them back yeah to them like that i haven't seen it but I th- like but that's the <laughs> that's what they did to blanca to make him like an evil monster and then they found that they wanted to figure out why he was good at the end of the movie and it's because someone got in there and switched the bad videos for like kids playing with dogs and parks and stuff like that <laughs> It's like he's like watching hours of just like war coverage, and then all of a sudden it switches to Veggie Tales, right? <laughs> <laughs> and okay. like every time he punches someone, he's like Veggie Tales. <laughs> so lie. in the video game Street Fighter, I think it's Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter, it always started with you know like. Bah, 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 and then you always had to hit start. That's how you started games in Super Nintendo. Yeah. And it was two guys like in a street fight, but they were just normal dudes. They weren't part of the, they were not any of the characters. And then like they had the one guy that goes, and then like the other guy fell down and then would go up the skyscraper and at the very top said Street Fighter. You remember the introduction to the Street Fighter game? I don't, I do not. I don't think I ever really played the the classic original. Did you Street always Fighter play Mortal Kombat? No, I must have never had really played. Relaxed parents, if they allowed you to play Mortal Kombat, I had to play Street Fighter because Mortal Kombat was bad. Well, we couldn't play Street Fighter, and we couldn't play Mortal Kombat. I oh. because my mom didn't want me to get into karate, and I wanted to get into karate so bad. I wanted, I wanted to be in karate so bad. That when we would go to Blockbuster, I would go stand. 
I would go look. I would go look for karate, karate, karate themed movies at Blockbuster, <laughs> and and I would, I would practice. I would look at the moves that they're doing on the, on the case of the you know of the advertisement of the movie to rent, and I would like try to do the kick, or do the punch, or do the stance. And one time I was doing that at the Blockbuster just practicing these kicks looking at these karate movies i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a karate man one day i know it if, and i thought oh if i show my mom i can do a little bit of karate she's gonna let me join the karate class and so i'm in there doing doing the kicks and i just like straight up kick an entire rack of the of the movie cases right off just go boom just they like <laughs> all go flying off and my mom got so embarrassed and and then she's like, you know, you can't control yourself. You're not even in karate class. You, I'm not going to let you join karate. And then that we is the, that is a good place to learn that you don't know how to kick where you're aiming. Because remember that video? I know. Of, remember that video of a girl who was like talking to a pro-choice activist on the street? You know? Oh, and he in that like, video, and he goes, has what that about? smug. Yeah, and she, yes. she's like, "Well, oh. what about in this situation? That situation? Should you think we should keep it?" And she's like, "Well, it's a it's a baby, so I don't think you should kill it." And then he just goes, huh. and he does a roundhouse kick. Well, he does that he cute little kicks her thing right, in the, like just kicks her and knocks her over. He goes, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was aiming for the phone. I was." Like, <laughs> it's like, well, you got a long well, leg there, buddy. Charge on you. Good, good move, yeah. pal. Okay, so speaking of Blockbuster, <laughs> and this is why they should have still had, they, we should still have Blockbuster around because you learned that kicking over a bunch of DVDs, which were all, all those cases were empty, but the VHS, they were VHS, they were VHSs because you know what? They didn't allow you just to steal stuff. So you kicked just a bunch of boxes. You didn't kick anything worth value. And this dude well, over here who's been shopping on Amazon Prime his whole life. It's like, oh, I can kick whoever I want. And he just, he totally missed the phone and he kicked a human being and is now in trouble for it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're saying if more, if more kids just kicked random stuff, they would understand, they would understand like, oh, this is, this is how long my legs are. This is how far I can kick. This is the movement. But more specifically to Blockbuster, the room was filled with unimportant things. They were just the same Blockbuster case all over the place. Well, yeah, that and and so you know, if you just it's not like you're at CVS and you kick a bunch of you know contact solution bottles that are spraying all over the place like <laughs> Blockbuster. Okay, what was your to learn things? You know, that's a life. It's an incubator. oh, dude, you learn, life. you learn, you do learn a lot in a Blockbuster. You learn this is one of the things you learn in Blockbuster. You learn that certain establishments overcharge. They over like way over the top overcharge certain items. So depending on the context. So if you walk into a blockbuster, which no one will ever get to experience now, but when you used to walk into a block or something, they might sell them stuff in America. (laughs) Well, I've been I've been asking people. I've been asking people. Hey, if this whole coronavirus pandemic situation happened circa two thousand two two thousand four. And when blockbusters were like kind of just like finally at their, you know, like at a at a decent, they peak, would have been essential. Would they have? Would they have been essential? That's my question. I've been asking that. Wow. Do you think? Do you think blockbuster would be essential? What else are you gonna do? Watch USA movies over and over? <laughs> TNT. 
Well, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna watch that that cooking show on TBS, the dinner and a movie, oh where they show you how to make a movie themed dinner based on the movie they're showing. Okay, I'm making fun it of it. Honestly, I used to. There was a time in my life where I told people that was my favorite TV show because I got to see cooking your, show in the movie. Your favorite TV show was the TBS dinner and a movie. The, oh my gosh! <laughs> well, okay, Garrett. I don't know if it was ever actually um, my favorite movie show. I did tell people it was. Okay, I want to. Okay, you got me on two things. Both of them come back to Gary Goleman, and I love it. Okay, Gary Goleman, if you don't know, is the top. He is. He is a top flight comedian. There is no comedian on earth that would tell you that would say you could ask them probably top five comedians who would not say Gary Goleman unless they just don't know who the guy is. He is. Amazing. And so if you want a good introduction to Gary Goleman, look up how the states got their abbreviations. It is a five minute bit. It's mocking. It's a it's him coming up with a documentary about the team who abbreviated all 50 states. It's amazing. Okay. But also he trashes. He trashes Blockbuster in one of his standups. It's so funny. He's like, rotten how Blockbuster? How could you go under with my really? $200,000 of late fees? <laughs> dude, dude, you want to hear my favorite Blockbuster moment ever? Sure. So I... Um, I love I that Mark actually waited know. for me to answer. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure Garrett really wants to hear my favorite Blockbuster. <laughs> I, hey, pause I'll I'm not doing anything that's not gonna I'll, I'll, I want I'll him sacrifice. to say yes tell me your favorite <laughs> blockbuster moment I'll sacrifice that dead air for your answer bro I'm for <laughs> it I'm with it this is a codependent relationship that I need to have assurance on that you care about what my opinion right, favorite, favorite thing come on <laughs> alright so I um I just started dating Janelle right when we were in high school dang I said my wife's name again no, <laughs> this is my current wife, who was my girlfriend in high school. Some of my favorite uh, wives are named Janelle. It's great. Okay, and um, and and we all we all go to Blockbuster, right? The I'm at their house and say, "Hey, let's go to Blockbuster and um, and get these uh, you know, get these two movies we want to watch for the weekend." And so we're at the blockbuster and we're there for like 30 minutes just like deciding on what we want to watch and like a little bit of an argument kind of breaks out with the with everyone there the family except for me because i'm just like oh i'm new to this whole family environment with you guys so i'm just i'm down for whatever you know i'm i'm here to just watch anything so you watch and the room uh, not knowing what sort of fight you were walking into well it was the blockbuster room it wasn't like their personal home it was like the room that they were in you know the the blockbuster is is where the conversation started. And so right. the conversation was like, we want to watch, we want to watch this movie. And they're like, no, we want to watch this movie. And then they finally decided like, fine, let's just get both movies. Let's get them both. And we'll watch them both. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then, like, like, you know, I actually was planning on dipping out 20 minutes in with Janelle. Maybe I don't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't spending then, like uh, four and a half hours. I don't know what, <laughs> And then they get up to the counter. They get up to the counter and they're like, all right, we want to rent these two movies. And, um, and, and the guy, the clerk goes, all right, you guys have a late fee. 
And they were like kind of annoyed because, you know, like the late fee stuff, you know, just like the Gary Coleman stuff. Like they're like, oh, come on. Like, come on. It's, it's a, okay. it's a, it's I a, I did not say Gary Coleman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not ask anyone in our audience to look up Gary Coleman. <laughs> Wait, is there a Gary Coleman? He's the, he's the kid from uh, Good Times or whatever. They're like, even when yep. he was like 50, he looked like a little kid, you know? Yep. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. All it's right. Gary. Yeah, late fees. And Gary so they get Gallman. up there. Gary Gallman. G A L U M A N, maybe? Okay. I don't know. But also look up Gary Coleman, too. He's cool. <laughs> yeah, because it turns um, out he might have been murdered. So that's cold case. Same well, with. Uh, that's crazy. Same with Elliot Smith. Okay, I'm sorry. Late fee. Late fee. Late fee. All right, so they're up at the counter. They finally sign these two movies at this blockbuster, and um, and they're like, "Oh, you got these late fees," and it's like twenty five dollar late fee. And Janelle's dad, he was like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't believe this." You know, whatever. I guess I'll pay it. What's the what are the what's the late fee for? And the clerk goes, "It's actually for the two movies you're renting tonight." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like wait so i have those two movies sitting at my house right now <laughs> and i was just like man i gotta stick with this family because like, well, this I is just probably take them? i don't want a rental i'll just keep the late fee going i don't want to have another <laughs> rental please Dude. yeah man all right. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious, man. It's such a I still think about that moment and I still think about just like wow. the look on both their faces, the yeah, look on my. just like how much like me and Janelle and Janelle's sister, we just started <laughs> dying laughing. We all started dying laughing. <laughs> Janelle's mom started dying laughing. Like it was just so like we couldn't we couldn't believe it. Both movies were the exact same movies you already had. Yeah. I I I don't know man. I just I couldn't I was just it was just such an awesome moment that I was like, man, these are I'm and then you're standing it. on stage it. at your wedding and it's like, do you for better or for worse? And for richer or for poor, you think back to they were gonna rent the movies they had sitting at home. They're like, All right, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you know what's funny about Blockbuster? Like years like just a couple just a tiny bit of time before blockbusters just disappeared that movie with jack black called the holiday came out and there's a I scene know, yeah he wore a turtle, they go he wore through, the turtleneck <laughs> yeah and that dude wore a tor- turtleneck that was my point that's <laughs> all right go <laughs> on wore, all right <laughs> how's that what you remember from the holiday when did he wear a turtleneck well just Dude, you got to remember, I don't remember movies. I just remember like vague, like I would stand in front of the cases and like try to match the karate moves. And so I would just see the picture on the movie case. And that's all. I I don't remember the movie. I just remember the picture from the movie case. Anyways. Okay. So do you know what the movie The Holiday is about? Never seen it. Where an American woman who uh, is an executive in Hollywood, she trades houses for a holiday with a like a working class village woman 
who's who's the girl from Titanic, you know? And so Jack Black meets the girl from Titanic. Jude Law meets the executive from Hollywood. And they both have like this thing, right? So anyways, but Jack Black is a, is a soundtrack m- musician in Hollywood. And so there's a scene where he goes, where they're walking through a blockbuster and they're trying to figure out what movie to watch. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's one of those scenes where it's always that sort of thing where it's like, we're going to walk through the whole store. We're going to decide what movie we're going to watch, which was a great experience, by the way. The fact that that experience is dead is really sad to me. But that, like years after that movie came out, blockbusters just went away. So like that scene might as well have been like filmed in the 1920s because there are kids already mm. growing up who are like, what are they doing in a blockbuster? What is this experience they're doing with it? where they're walking around trying to choose what movie they're going to look at. But, you know, in, in the argument of, I don't think my only, my only reasoning for disagreeing with that is the sign is watching Seinfeld episodes. There is something so clever and iconic with how Seinfeld, whoever, whoever made the decision to, they just made the simplest, it was just like the simplest um, representation of what the scene was or the simplest representation of what the iconic moment was. You know, so like for like a lot of people, they will never, for like, <clears throat> they'll never experience horse betting, right? Oh, right. They'll never <laughs> ever experience horse betting. But his mother is a mother. For what, his mother is a mother. Yeah, dude, but for that whatever reason, <laughs> that was so good. That episode's the best. Yeah, and that, I know. And like, you have never, you have never stepped foot inside of a horse betting scenario. Right. They but had a lot for of whatever good, reason. They had a lot of good scenes in Seinfeld of them in movie shops as well. Trying to yeah, but them. like for whatever for whatever reason, they just captured. In just the simplest ways, it was the bookie, the two, the cronies <laughs> behind him, and the TV screen, and that was it. And then you yeah. thought, oh, this, and like you were there, like it's just a really they they understood that oh, simple iconic, or capturing the simple iconic. Um, oh man, I don't know. Just forget it. Just forget what <laughs> okay, I'm saying. Good. I'm so All stupid. Right, so. <laughs> I'm going to say my last thing about Blockbuster, then we can move on to what you have to say. So you're talking about how you were a kid, you used to go and do karate moves and be like, man, yes, this is a, I'm learning karate in Blockbuster. What I always did was I would always find the same movie as Double Take with Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> no way. And I go, dad, can we please? Because I was a fan of Rodman because I, mean, I was a fan of the Bulls because of Jordan and Rodman was part of the team. So I knew that's how I knew him. And I was like, Dad, can we? This is. And every single time I said, No, we're not getting that movie. We are not watching that movie. And then guess who finally grows up and gets to rent his own movies? And I rent Double Take. <laughs> Did you call your dad? <laughs> no, because I watched and I was like, this is not a good movie. This is <laughs> <laughs> Your dad was right. I'm like, I'm not going to go tell my dad that he was right for 13 years. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was not a good movie. Dude. That's but funny. I love blockbuster. I miss it. I also liked, I like planet Hollywood. Is that what it's I, called? um, no Hollywood video. I like, what is planet Hollywood? 
Is that a restaurant? I don't know. Planet okay. Hollywood is a restaurant. It is. Okay. Well, I've never been to Planet Hollywood. I think I've been to Hard Rock Cafe one time. Hard Rock Cafe is also a restaurant. Have you ever been Hence there? The, I have been. I've been to both places. So what is Disney doing during this quarantine for people like you who have a season pass? So six months next year or something? Way to blow up my spot, bro. <laughs> Was that your thing? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, I was just joking. So first of all, we, that was a gift. We were given a, a, a year's, it was a gift from a family member. Well, I'm and, not trying to say you're rich. Um, why, why are you, <laughs> why are you acting this way? But we are taking, we, we do have the privilege of taking our yacht to Disney every day. <laughs> <laughs> they said for the price take, of a tank of gas in a yacht that we could go. Yeah. Um, so what the last I heard was they were postponing people's payments for like two months. So whatever the two month payment was that, that, and that was like two weeks ago, I heard that. So I really don't, you know, in, I heard in China or in the, um, is it Shanghai Disney is where it is? I don't know. Or I've heard that they, I'm not the Disney hot dad. You are. (laughs) <laughs> the Disney Hot Dad. That's a great domain name. I'm gonna look it up later. Um, DisneyHotDad.com. Follow <laughs> that me. That could be really Disney weird. To Hot Dad. <laughs> Dude, I want that domain name so bad. I I broke that addiction by the way until now. <laughs> And now you're like scratching. You're like, I gotta just, I gotta buy another domain name. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I really don't know. I I heard I heard that uh, that the the Disneyland in China, they're when they reopen, they're gonna have um, the the QR code check to make sure that you've been cleared of the virus or you've been tested positive. Oh yeah, I've heard of China's thing. I I hear. I don't think. I think their rules are a bit <clears> – I don't think yeah. their rules will fly in America. But. No, yeah, and that's what I was getting to. They have to wear a mask at all times unless they're eating, and they still have to do the six feet apart. And I think that's not going to happen in Orlando, dude. There's no way they're going to let that happen in California or Orlando. It's just – it's not going to work for for Disney, for for the patrons of, of wanting to experience the theme park to do that. And – I, I cannot. I, in, in fact, I, I really feel like it's a time for Disney to probably be the innovator of how are we going to come back as, as a society in large groups. And I think Disney has the the most on the line to prove to prove that it could be done. Yeah. And I, I really, I, I'm rooting for them, and I, I really am. I, I'm really hoping that. And Disney, man, if you guys want to hire, if you guys want to hire someone to <laughs> help you out with that, just let me know. I got some ideas, bro. Um, man. But yeah, dude, I think it's, uh, I don't know. We were, we were very blessed that we got to go there and, and experience some of the theme parks and bring, um, bring our daughter there. Just have a good time. Like we, we really enjoyed the time that we've had. It was a really, really fun gift, and 
I don't know. I'm, I'm very grateful for what we got to do with it. And it was just, it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. I don't know why you just turned into a little politician just now, but. <laughs> well, because you weren't saying anything and I don't want to have dead air. So I just kept trying to speak without. You're like, well. You were just. <laughs> you just i don't know what you were doing you were just like looking down at something you could have and said, just like okay my brother just sent me a text message from it was a picture of his us at his wedding and one of the one of the groomsmen pictures we took was all of us all the grooms standing to, like toe to heel and our hand was in the pocket of the guy in front of us oh yes yeah, <laughs> classic um classic all right well <clears throat> what do you have for us to talk about well, I want to share a couple. I want, I want to share something with you, Garrett. I sent you an email um, to your. Who did I send it to? Oh, sorry. Uh, Gareth. What? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, hey, that sent an email to me, the text message. All right. All right. I sent it. I sent you an email. Did you get it? Don't click on it yet. Don't click on uh, it. Am I allowed to open the email or no? Yeah, open the email. Do you, it's, do you see it? Yeah, it says click on the link, but you say don't right. click on the link. Don't click on the link yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. But it says click on the link. Don't click on the link yet. Just wait. All right. I'm ready. I'm doing it. So oh, I, I kind of... So I've always sure. assumed that I have a really annoying voice. Like it's high-pitched and like kind of... Ray Romano E or whatever. Uh huh. And you agree? Keep going. (laughs) 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 And you disagree? (laughs) No. There's one guy in my church right now who he goes to a different campus. And so he he and I. We interact a lot, but we don't like we're not at church together a lot. So like, he's yeah, preached twice, and, and both times he's like, "Man, you have the most soothing voice." Like, and the second time, <laughs> he's like, "Man, you have like a radio voice." I can't. I go, "Really? I thought I had like a really annoying voice." What do you he's like, "Man, this isn't an insult. I'm I'm just taking it as a compliment because that's that's what I'm trying to say. If you had a comp- if you had a way of doing a podcast where you could just read calming books." People could go to sleep to that voice so easily, <laughs> which hmm. is you could take that as an insult. But like, isn't that weird? He's like, Gary, you have a great voice, which I've never. Anyways, all right, <clears throat> can I click the link? No, because I gotta, I gotta do a little build up before we click the link. <laughs> Dude, I like the build up, man. Well, so far I the like... build up is just you clicking your your computer. <laughs> okay, so I kind of just. I kind of mustered the courage up today to look for church jobs again. Right. <gasps> okay. And, um, and I was just like looking through different avenues, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I tried looking at just seeing like what Christian universities had for link extensions or anything like that. If they could send, you know, any church directories for hire. And then I went through just another you know, just like a church, kind of like a, you know, a church job search program. And then I was like, you know, I kind of want to see what's on, on indeed.com. I want to see what indeed.com has for churches. 
And it was kind of interesting. It was giving you more so like, you know, it would give you church director for youth and children. And then, and then it would range to a, um, a like, Oh, assistant principal at this Catholic, at this Catholic school. And then it would range to educational director for this Presbyterian school. And then it would say, join our team at church's chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Like not one, not just one position available. There were three full-time positions for joining the team at church's chicken on this on this indeed for church jobs. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That makes the most sense because (laughs) I'm pretty sure indeed.com does not care about churches hiring anyone. And so that, Oh, the word church. Sure. We'll just, that's all we care about. Just the word church. And we'll just enter that in. And then there you go. (laughs) But that is not, that is the least. I, 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 I found a gold mine. And it's not the church's chicken. It's not the assistant principal job at the Catholic high school. <laughs> the gold mine I found, Garrett, and I now I want you to click on the link. Okay. Okay. The gold mine I found Wait, was. Let me see. Wait. You click on it yet? Whoa. Uh oh. Was it the wrong way? What link? is this? Christian ministry. Just okay, sweet. All right, good. That's the right link. All right, so hundred thousand dollars a year, nice. What? Just wait, just wait. So, Garrett, I think you and I have found, or I have found, what you and I should try to do. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read this out loud. Okay. Okay. The Milshar LLC, a leading national firm in the legal recruiting industry, has been has been asked by a major 24-7 Christian television company (laughs) to recruit talent for its programming. They are looking for talent for its programming, Garrett. Dude, we could do this. I'm going to read on. Let me read on. The the 24-7 Christian television company received funding to provide blah, 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 blah. 28.5 minutes of weekly airtime? What? Just I, let me get there. Let me get there. Okay. Okay. You know what I was thinking about today? Right. What? I was thinking about how annoying it is that I can't read without moving my lips. You know, Janelle. My gets wife annoyed. would just sit there and read, and she'll just. It's like she's. It's almost like she can just only activate one part of her body at a time, and she's like, sister, just reads the whole thing. He's like, okay, I got it all. But for me, I'm like, no, I'm going to. Go through. Okay, go ahead. So, All right. Um, Wait. Why? By the way, annoyed, why does why does your wife get annoyed with you? Whenever, whenever it's like nighttime and I'm reading books to our daughter, and I like just some of these books are kind of tough to read. Like the word, the words that they put next to the other words are just they're like tongue twisters almost, and it's tough. All right. So, so let's go down to the. Yeah, qualified minister broadcasters will receive a 28.5-minute weekly TV airtime slot for six months on their global coverage, reaching over 50 million homes and devices, right? Now, this is my... I don't even know what the TV channel is, and it's getting 50 million homes and devices. It seems too good to be true. (laughs) And 
the fact is like that it's the guy version of like you know women like you marry a prince from like another country and then you just disappear like this is a guy version of that are you a christian do you think do you think you could create a tv show yeah of course <laughs> We'll come to my palace in, in Nigeria, One trip to Saudi Arabia, and we will handle it for you. <laughs> just sign up. Just send us your social security number. Okay. Okay. Now this read? is the best. This is the best part of this whole this whole thing. To qualify for this grant program, you must meet at least one out of the two guidelines, Garrett. They have two guidelines, and we must meet one of them. One. You must have a nonprofit ministry or a pastor of a church within with under six hundred members. You're a pastor okay. at a church, and I have I own or do I own um, in pursuit of good.org. That's one of my domain That's names. A very nonprofit organization you got going on. <laughs> no profit at all. I've even tried. Can't do it. <laughs> Cannot get any profits. <laughs> the second qualification that we could possibly meet for them never and this is i'm not joking never participated in broadcasting program or have or have no more than one existing broadcast okay but the top says experience yeah. tv production <laughs> one year preferred <laughs> but ministry, if- <laughs> one year preferred but one of the guidelines is that we've never participated in the broadcasting program. So there's already I, dude, things not adding up here. I don't, we are the right people for this job. We've okay, already what's our have, pitch? what's our pitch? Well, that's not, what I want to, that's what I want to talk to you about. Okay. We got to do so, a twofold pitch. We got to do one to our wives. <laughs> and well, one when I literally Janelle was watching, oh, I said her name again. I've really hoped she. Does I've said her name a half of a time so far, so. So people just know that your wife's name is May. No, I said your wife's name half half of her oh, name. Oh, Jed. <laughs> All right. So I when I found this, Janelle, oh, PhD. Yikes. Well, well, they also want us to have a master's or a PhD, and I'm like, well, two bachelors probably equals one master's, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, anyway, so, um, I found this, Janelle was watching TV and I was just like over here and that's when I found this and I was like, it says a master's, a bachelor's degree in any of the fields mentioned above could also be acceptable based on experience in ministry field. Okay. Mm -hmm. But here's the salary. Look at the salary. The salary could be zero (laughs) dollars. To a hundred thousand dollars a year, bro. That's better than what we're doing here on our podcast. What do we we've made 19 this cents is, so far? Oh my goodness. I can't isn't this isn't this like mind blowing? <laughs> isn't this crazy? Now just Some, wait. Okay, so that, that lets us know that the top one where it says a hundred thousand dollars is just a straight up lie. They're like, yeah, yeah. best case scenario, if you got so much advertisement <laughs> and were so successful, you could potentially make that. That's like when you are interviewing with the church, it's like, you know, 80 people. And they're like, yeah, we're 130 people. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
And then they're like, but you know, and then you go, okay, well, where do you see your church being like a year from now, two years from now? They're like, you know, I, you look, I can easily see us being over a thousand in like three years. I, I really do. But, you know, there's, <laughs> and then you get there and you go, oh yeah, this church will never be over a thousand. Okay. All right. So, all right, keep so, going. So um, I want to get to the point to where, okay, submission. This is so where- here's, the, here's the thing that we really need to hope for that the people who have a master's degree and a PhD would be too smart to ever apply for this job. That is what I was betting on. <laughs> and that is what I was trying to tell my wife. <laughs> she literally, when I She's found like, this baby, okay, <laughs> listen, we can be dumber than the other people applying for it. <laughs> They're going to pass this. Because they're just too sophisticated for something like this. And she literally was looking at me and she goes, Mark, you need to just slow down and think about what you're planning. And I'm like, no, um, I just want to have fun with my friend Garrett. I just want to have fun <laughs> and I just want to make a TV show. And it's just going to be fun. It just, there's no plan. There's no, there's no scheme. There's no agenda. It's just we're going to make a TV show and they're going to broadcast it and we Dude, might make zero dollars. What if we did a Christian version of Jackass? And it's just oh. us being idiots. And they're like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. They're like, my name's Garrett Huxford. And we're, all right, so you're in a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're outside of Walmart. And we're like, our show's going to be called Silly Behind. <laughs> <laughs> Silly Behind. And like you're, I put you in the shop, the shopping cart, and I start like before we fill or before we start pushing you down like a ramp. You're like, my name's Garrett Huxford, and this one's for the Lord. <laughs> and you just, <laughs> I want to shield in like a, a joust, like a javelin. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm a soldier in the Lord's army. Let's do this thing, dude. And then, like, fast forward, like five years down the road and we actually got traction and you know, it's actually a real thing in society. And we're just as the silly behind guys. And, um, we're being interviewed on MTV by Johnny Knoxville. And he's like, man, so tell me guys, why, uh, what made you, you know, like, how, like, how can you justify doing the stuff we did, but in the name of the Whoa. Lord. And then, and then I say, well, you know, if, if people could like break baseball bats and jump on barbed wire and, and, and Ben, you know, Ben frying pans and tear and tear telephone books all in the name of the Lord. Why can't I, you know, try to dance with the tiger in the cage for, for Jesus? Dude, the whole the whole six month series will be us working on our stunt where we become that motorcycle guy that rides in circles in that ball, that cage ball uh, at fairs. Yes. That's the whole and like whole thing. just every episode it's it's 28 okay. minutes of us attempting that. But okay, so here's some is, limiting factors. You ready? Yes, here uh, there's a matching factors. grant guideline and requirements. Um, the TV show must be of the Christian faith. We already got it. Inspirational. Yeah, that's you can do it. Dude. That's the whole see, that's the whole message of the show. Well, Motivational. Get off your butt, get a get a motorcycle, preferably at a garage sale, and start building yourself a cage educational now maybe if we have to repair the motorcycle a little bit 
we, we'll have to work on that one. <gasps> it could be a cooking show. Mm-hmm. Talk show. Well, variety, that's okay. Variety show. All right. So that, all right. You've, that is where I wanted you know, to get to. You know Please, what's amazing? Right. What? Cedric the Entertainer is a comedian. Yes. But he didn't go yes. with the name comedian. He just, he's no, he's like, I'm an entertainer. I'm going to do more than just be a comedian. And I happened to see a part of one of his shows one time. And like this band is like dancers come out and he's like in the middle singing and he's dancing with them. Like he's, a, yeah. he's not like he's, yeah. he is the variety show. Dude, that was actually, so I, I remember I was in, I was with my friend beef and we were at Matt Robinson's house. And, um, and these are, both of them are, 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 are youth pastors. So sorry, I just blew up your spot, bros. And we were talking, this was like years, this was like years before I even met. I, I think I wasn't even, um, I was still in college, you know, it was my last, my last summer of, of college and we were hanging out and he brought up, he goes, Hey, do you know, like we were talking about comedy. He's like, Hey, if you like comedy, you need to see Cedric the entertainer. And I've never really heard of him. And he showed me like, just like 30 minutes of his stand up, And that's the part I saw. And I was really blown away. I was like, you know, for his jokes are so good, but like, he's also so good at just what he's doing on stage. Like it, he really wanted to entertain people. It, it wasn't about a funny punchline or it wasn't just about a funny story. It really was about these people paid money and I'm going to entertain them. Right. And I was very That's just how like, I feel about was, Justin Timberlake. That guy is just an entertainer, you know, like he, yes. he can thrive in any different <clears throat> environment, which actually, okay. I'm glad I brought that up. I'm glad I brought that up. <laughs> Well, you know, I still want to finish or talk about what TV show we're going to okay. create. We, 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 we will. We will. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, Mark. Sure. Sure. Just. Uh, all right. So Justin Timberlake. All right, let's go on. My boy, JT. Just write down. Write down what you want to get back to and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, <clears throat> I have had, I have noticed an interesting trend among church people or not church, but churches. It used to be, at least as far as I could tell, it used to be that you'd often hear people who were pastors, like lead pastors, leading the church, used to be youth pastors. And then they sort of graduated up into music ministers, not music, uh, lead pastors. Yeah. And, and I guess music pastors just were music pastors forever. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. So lately I've noticed a lot of worship pastors like changing into lead pastors, which feels like a new thing to me. I don't know if it's actually new, but it feels like a new thing to me. And it's been making me wonder why that's the case. And it could be, it could just be a nothing. It could be like, well, they, we thought they were a good pastor. So we hired them. But I'm also going, I wonder if it's because music ministers are entertainers, like deep down inside what made them a good worship leader, what made them get into music and all that sort of stuff is an entertainment bent and a bent towards being good in performance, right? Because most arts are they're They're just, a, they're kind of mixed together. Like very often actors know how to sing very often. Um, musicians know how to, to act and comedians know how to act and all these sorts of things. Justin Timberlake people, is probably better at it than the other people. But like, he's like one of those people who's this, 
top of the line music entertainer, but he always steals the show when he gets in front of a camera just to talk to people, that sort of thing. Anyways, so that's one of the things I've been wondering, and I don't, I'm not about to sit here and say, well, all the churches are, we're just becoming shallow. We're like, well, it's just an entertaining guy. And so he's, he's good at entertaining with music. Let's turn him into an entertainer with words and we'll let him be on the stage preaching every Sunday. I'm not at that point yet. I am at the point where that might be the case. <laughs> That's a really charitable thing for me to do, right? Wait, you're, wait, you're at the point to where what might be the case? Where we're just going, hey, well, it's a, we're a mega church. We need someone who knows how to like keep the attention of a crowd. So let's let the worship pastor do it <laughs> just as a speaker. Yeah. But then again, before, before I start building my side up of things too much, Youth pastors are not the most serious and <laughs> necessarily spiritual people on earth either. Well, do do you <laughs> remember? Like, well, I, you know, you you bring you you bring up us being youth pastors. Do you remember that night where we got to do that show um, for for Jerry or that he, that he put together that show for us and your dad? came up to us and he said, Hey, I want to, I want to talk to you guys about something. And, um, and he, he said that he really loved our sets and he really just thought we were just really, really funny. And, and he goes, you know, do you know why you're so funny? And we're all just like, you know, it was like the third time I ever met your dad. And I was just like, Oh, just, I'll just fall at your feet right now and worship you, Cam. (laughs) You know, whatever you say, man. Don't do it. His feet are weird looking. Don't do it. <laughs> Dude, my dad's feet were so weird looking as a kid. And every now that I have a daughter, I'm constantly looking at my toes, my feet, just to make sure. And they look she just won't. like your dad's, don't they? No, my no. Feet, look, my feet, my hands look just like my dad's. If I have a long sleeve shirt on, I go, holy crap, my dad's hands coming on my shirt. Like, oh, crap. No, it's just me. It's just me. Great. Dude, I would look at my dad's toes and just be like, God, I don't know. I don't know what my dad did. Did he have weird calces and stuff? No, it was the toenails. Man, I really hope. My dad listens to this podcast too, by Dude, the way. Dude, he'll I love it. He'll be great. <laughs> I really hope he loves it. He's like, anyway. I raised a contemplative kid. Even as a child, he's contemplating the greater things like my feet. <laughs> I'm so glad my feet are still in his memory. I wonder if there's any child on earth who thought their dad had normal looking feet. They probably all were like, yeah, my dad's feet are the. Well, when uh, when, when Hulk you of look feet. down at your little beautiful prepubescent feet and then you see a, a, a man who's seen war, like my dad has seen the atrocities. He's seen every atrocity ever. And he's walked in every, you know, that's where he's walked. And now I'm looking at his feet. I'm looking at my feet. I'm like, oh my gosh, I better, I better like live a good life. (laughs) I don't don't walk. I don't walk in that. You know, those atrocities. Okay. Why did my dad say we were good? Why we were funny? Well, he said, he, he gave us, he goes, do you remember that? He he brought up the, the football analogy. He goes, do you remember? Um, I don't know the, the, I know what, I know what, actual football moment he's talking about but i couldn't tell you the team or the player okay but it was when the um 
it was when the, the real big guy, the really, really big guy got the, uh, you know, he's like the, the center, you know, I don't know the center or <laughs> yeah. one of the guys next like to the center off, off, offensive lineman. He gets the football and he just runs the football all the way to the end zone. Right. And he tells us that. And, um, and then he says, you know, the reason why he got that touchdown was because he was running for his life. And then he says, and every time you guys step on stage for your youth group and, and you do, and you lead your, your youth ministry every Wednesday night, you are doing the same thing. You're running for your life because you, you have to keep the, the attentions of those, of the, of the teenagers at, at your church. Like you got to keep them engaged and you got to keep them wanting to come back. Like, like you got to keep them encouraged. And like, that's why you guys are so good. You know, like, like that's probably why you guys are so good tonight. And I was you, like, that's, a, that's an interesting point. And I wonder if me not being a youth pastor has affected me in my ability to do comedy. But you made me think my dad walked up to us after our biggest comedy achievement thus far in our career and insulted us. I thought he was going to say, yeah. you know why people laugh at you? Because you know when like a fat guy runs in a touchdown and everyone starts <laughs> laughing? That's why people are laughing at you. You guys are funny, man. <laughs> Well, when he was given the the illustration, you know, I was like, where's he going with this? I, I don't, I don't, but what is even more funny. He's, the pastor and he's like, now stick with me now. Now stick with me. All right. Don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, I just thought that was really what, what you're saying about like these entertainers are the fact that they are multifaceted. They are, there is a multifaceted to a worship pastor. And I was talking, my, my friend, Stephen, one thing he brought up to me, um, because you know, you weren't, you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, Garrett, but you know, when all that, all that stuff happened to me with that one church I was at, um, you weren't, you weren't the only person I, I talked to about my problems. <laughs> you know, there, there was well, other, that's our uh, last show. This is our <laughs> final, <laughs> final episode. Man, what a uh, great, what a sorry, great way to call. And now we'll be called, sorry, I missed your friendship. You lying, <laughs> lying, lying face. <laughs> you lying dog face pony soldier. <laughs> you lying dog face pony soldier. Have you seen, have you seen Trump's, one of his latest campaign ads? <laughs> Wait, with Obama, his face put on the Allstate commercial? Yeah. Oh, and they're all like, you chose him as your, your VP. I have. I have not liked anything from his, like I, I just started following him on Instagram. I've never, at least I don't think so. I've never liked anything he's posted. That was the first thing I've ever liked. That was it. Well, okay, you're my, using an ambiguous term here. Like you liked it as in you actually went on record saying you like this or you have never thought something he's done was likable before. I clicked the heart. I clicked the heart <laughs> button. <laughs> Did it feel empowering? Um, it, was a, it honestly felt like, man. You people, know what I heard someone say? I said, there's an interview guys like, why is it that you think people comedians don't, don't understand that Donald Trump's funny. And a comedian goes, I think it's because they all know he's funnier than they are. And so, <laughs> what, what comedian said that? Who said uh, that? I forget his name, but he was, uh, but he's basically saying no comedian wants to look at the president and be like, yeah, that guy's better at my job than I am. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, that's a good point I mean, because standing he in is front of so... an audience of uh, I don't know a football field or however big his audiences are, and you just are like shooting from the hip, and, and you're are, and you're making and people, people die and laughing. Laugh. Yeah, it's yeah, some dude. of the stuff he says is funny, dude. Like it's well, it's just some of the else. stuff he does, man. Like you okay, know, yeah, whatever. Right, right. We're already like almost an hour in. I want to get back to this. Oh. I told you we'd get back to this. Well, all st- my friend Steven, he just and, and I don't, respects that. I don't care about your other friend. All right, I am the friend. I'm the friend. <laughs> I don't care about that dude. I'm calling all my other friends right now. Mark, Mark's friend, Army versus Garrett. Let's go. <laughs> Steven, pick up the phone. Okay, all right, all right. What did Steven say? Just tell me what this. Well, just in, hey, you're I, probably I wrong, think, by the way. But no, he, just listen. <laughs> he was saying, you know, when I, I was like going through all that stuff with, with that church. And, and he told me, he's like, and, and he's a worship pastor. Okay. He's a worship pastor. And, um, is he the one that and, does comedy uh, now? No you do comedy. There's a guy in your community that does comedy. Who's a worship pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But this guy, he, um, so Steven was saying that he goes, you know, part of the frustration that you're running into is the fact, the reason why a lot of pastors are just the real, like just the honesty that you are as a person in front of your congregation, right? The honesty of who you are combined with you have an appreciation and an expectation almost for other pastors to also be honest. We said the reason why is because a lot of pastors have an artist heart. Like you are an artist. Like you are like, that's what an artist is. Like an artist is someone who is willing to be fully honest about who they are and whatever that, whatever it is, or that's a, that's a giant aspect of an artist is they, they have to be honest because if they're not, then they feel like their art is a lie. Right. And you know, what's and that's in what All right, go ahead. No, I don't, I, you're about to say a, concluding thought, right? You're not going to keep talking after that. statement. <laughs> There's going to be like three concluding thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, it's interesting because I I've often thought how interesting it is, how artistic the children of pastors are like very often you'll come across these, like, um, dude, that is the lead such singer, a good point. The lead singer of, um, like a Manchester orchestra, his dad was a preacher, you know, like, uh, Mumford and Sons. And, and I think even, um, the, uh, Avett brothers, I think they were pastors. Cause I don't remember, but like a lot of time, I mean, my brother is very artistic. He's a musician, and the, you know, uh, Gunger and all these people, these very artistic, very just gifted people are coming from are children of pastors. You go, well, how is that even possible? Because you don't realize when you're a kid that your parents are are performers. They're they are artistic themselves. They're they're creative in the way they preach the Bible. As in my dad's case, or the or the fact that my mom always did these plays that. I mean, I grew up with church plays that didn't look or feel like church plays. I grew up with like, like when I started going to other places and seeing how sets, sets would be done, I'd be like, well, we're, this is what we're settling with for our church play, you know? Like, like that was because I didn't realize. But as a kid, you look at what's being done 
in the churches I grew up in, which is actually, I'm at, I'm at the stage of my life now where I'm quite nostalgic for the church of the 90s, where like the 1990s, the church was, was in these kind of square shells, like square, like metaphorically, like, like don't be a square, like that, you know. But then they were also trying to battle that sort of, the lethargy, the lethargy they grew up in, and the leth- like just the the dryness that they've accumulated over the years, you know. And it when you're a kid and you're watching your parents do ministry, it doesn't it doesn't uh, calculate in your head that your parents are using the arts right now. Like it doesn't calculate in your head that they're being creative and they're and they're pushing the envelope because. Well, quite frankly, it didn't look like they were doing very things very extreme, you know, like because they were dealing with a system that wouldn't allow them to go beyond that, right? They're like, no, we're doing hymns. Yeah, we let you yeah. put the drum set on stage, but we're not going to do a rock show, right? And all that sort of stuff. And and then looking back, you go, oh, they were like insanely creative. Like my mom came up with this play called The Journey. And when we did it at our old, in the nineties, like, I guess we were in the two thousands at that time, but it, we were at my old church building. We didn't like nowadays it's, it, we got, they got a ton of land out there and it's all throughout the woods and it's really cool. But back then they were, they would put plastic down the Sunday school hall hallway and then put mulch all the way down it, like to where it felt like you're walking on a dirt road in church and they put up all these things to where it felt like you're walking through a town and all the sorts of, like, like they convinced elders to allow them to put dirt and mulch all the way through the, a church hallway into a fellowship hall on the way back. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. it was, I mean, it's, it's an amazing accomplishment that they were able to do that. And it was so funny because I went to a conference at my dad's church this year and I, I found myself getting upset with these millennials working on staff. Cause my dad's church is like huge now. And they're going, and they're just saying these really bizarre things about, and I, I can tell totally, it's so funny because I hear people I work with. I just hear myself thinking, I hear people like, look, you hired me to do a job. Let me do a job type thing. And they're going, I don't know why this senior pastor is, is always saying no to these great ideas I have because look, I have, and I, I, there's actually a, there's actually a breakout session where a girl was talking along those lines because someone asked, "How do I? How do I? Well, how do I breathe? How do I breathe? <laughs> Did I get, is that the right song? I don't I don't know that song. Um, um, can I pause you? Can I just? Oh my pause gosh, you? Mark! <laughs> I'm trying to hurry up so I can unpause you from the time I <laughs> I paused you. <laughs> I just. It doesn't matter. Okay, what? Yes, it no, no, it doesn't well, matter. Well, just I I watched this um Disney sing along thing on ABC the other night with with my daughter and um and Christina Aguilera showed up to sing a song and she just like you loves the nineties. Because it's all in these it's all in their homes. It's all these people's homes, right? It's these superstars' homes. And it's she's in like some weird like lounge chair. And all around her is just like '90s memorabilia, and she's singing a song from like 1995. And I just really felt like sharing that right now, and like probably one of the most serious moments. It brings us back to Gary Goldman again. He has a great, <laughs> great bit about uh, Vanilla Ice. If you, he goes, I love. He's like, I love oh. the '90s. 
Um, and they, they always made that show called I Love the 90s where people come mm-hmm. in and talk about the 90s. He goes, but they didn't love the 90s. They're just there to make fun <laughs> of the 90s. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> that is such... I can see his face. <laughs> that is so good. He's like, these losers have never even gotten a comedy special, and they're here making fun of Vanilla Ice, a man who they think that man's laughable. He put a generation of eighth graders on the dance floor. That's an impro- that's an accomplishment. <laughs> you know, it's a very good Dude. bit. You should look it up. He's a very funny guy. Okay. All right, so the lady's like, how do I, how do I? How do I get, so a lady asked this person who works at my dad's church, how do I get, I've been hired to um, do photography or something for our church. How do I get them to allow me to start implementing more artistic stuff, more more graphics, more visually interesting things in church? And her answer was kind of interesting. She said, start, the you know, Start in the sermon, right? Like start in the sermon and work your way out. I thought that was, it was a really interesting point, you know, that, yeah, I thought, but then she started just making these like offhand comments about, yeah, I believe, I wish, you know, I'm right there with you. I wish I had more freedom here too or whatever. And I actually interrupted the the breakout session. I was like, you know, can I just say something? And I didn't with tell anybody soothing, who I was. After I did voice. this whole little, I gave a whole spiel about how Savannah Christian Church went from being creative to like the old traditional church to what, what it is today. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't tell anybody that my dad was the pastor. I didn't introduce myself. I just said, can I just give a little, <laughs> cause I actually was here for that. <laughs> and I watched the fights happen between my mom and my dad when she made this video that he said, it's not good. We're not doing that or whatever. Like, and it's just one of those weird things where I realized, Oh, here. I'm a part of a generation who doesn't have the patience to infuse arts with a church. Like my generation mm. just has to come into a church that's already allowed to do it. Otherwise they would never have the patience to do it. My dad walked into a church that was like dead. It was like, you know, at least artistically dead and worked to just turn the Titanic and be like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this. And as a kid, you don't even realize you're doing it. But as a kid, what I'm really nostalgic for nowadays is the feeling of church as the Titanic was turning, right? Because as, as a, the feeling you have when you're in the middle of that whole thing is we're just a bunch of families who likes being together. Like we're a bunch of families who yeah, yeah I have baseball practice. We're going to be done as soon as we can. So we can go to Wednesday night church, you know, like in, and we're showing up in baseball uniforms or basketball uniforms so we can see our friends. And, and we're showing up extra nights because we're getting the church ready for the journey. And we're showing like all these sorts of things, all these feelings you have being a part of that when you're trying to turn all that around. And I'm, I'm really sad that it's not there anymore because most churches have figured out how to hire for those things to be accomplished. <laughs> you know, like it's gotten well, yeah, yeah. down to a system where you can kind of accomplish things with as few volunteers as possible, actually. And it's kind of a sad, it's kind of a sad thing to me, but I'm also someone who, you know, loves the past. So I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm a behind the times kind of guy. Um, 
And that brings me back into what is our TV show going to be about on this Christian ministry program, Gary? Good. That was perfect. Unpause. All right. Unpause. Dude. All right. So here's a limiting factor for us. Can I just say something? What's up? So there's a matching grant, which I think the grant only provides the money to pay for the airtime. Is that what that says? Well, I just... I want, can I say something real quick? Sure. I think what you just said was really beautiful, man. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I think, I think a lot of, I, I, I heard, I heard Doug Fields say this one time in a podcast. He goes to problems with, with youth pastors. It or one problem with, with, with a youth pastor is they, they want to, um, they want to step into a church and then say it's a small church, say it's a, some, you know, it's not a real big church and they get up, they get upset, you know, they, they get upset with the leadership for not allowing them to do something. And, um, and he said, he goes, when you fight them on that and you don't get creative and you just want things to go the way you think you want them to go, you come off sounding so arrogant to these people who have been doing ministry for decades right. before you. Right. And that is when I heard that I, it literally humbled me and I was like, man, anytime yeah, I was, step in. Yeah. That was the thing that was so frustrating is that she was feeling a frustration. I've often felt right. I, yeah, I yes. know the frustration she's feeling, but mm-hmm. What, I, what was so interesting about the moment was I'm sitting there going, this dude, this person wouldn't even have a job to be frustrated about if it were not for tiny battles being won for 35 years by yeah. a patient husband and wife who just refused to settle for what, was, what they were told to do. Like they were, no, this yeah. is our vision for ministry. And we're going to do it. And if it weren't for like the idea that, the church my dad went to in 1985 or whatever, the idea that that church would ever hire someone whose only job is to make graphics. That's insane. Like you are out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Or make chicken for church's chicken. And, uh... Or make chicken for church's chicken, which <laughs> is not a bad thing. 